0: European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 44, Issue 39, Focus Issue, Dyslipidemia's Diabetes and Metabolic Disorders, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Filippo Crea, read to you by Morgan Bryan. Residual Lipidic Risk Beyond Low-Density Lipoprotein Cholesterol, New Challenges and Opportunities This focus issue on dyslipidemias, diabetes and metabolic disorders contains the 2023 ESC Guidelines for the Management of Endocarditis, developed by the Task Force on the Management of Endocarditis of the European Society of Cardiology, or ESC, endorsed by the European Association for Cardiothoracic Surgery, or EACTS, and the European Association of Nuclear Medicine or EANM, by Victorio Delgado and colleagues from the ESC Scientific Document Group from the Hospital University Germain Trias y Pujol in Barcelona, Spain. Infective endocarditis, or IE, is a major public health challenge. In 2019, the estimated incidence of IE was 13.8 cases per 100,000 subjects per year, and i.e. accounted for 66,300 deaths worldwide. Due to the associated high morbidity and mortality 1,723.59 disability-adjusted life years and 0.87 death cases per 100,000 population, respectively, identification of the best preventative strategies has been the focus of research. Since the publication of the 2015 ESC Guidelines for the Management of Infective Endocarditis, important new data has been published mandating an update of recommendations. This issue continues with a focus on dyslipidemias, diabetes and metabolic disorders, starting with the 2023 ESC Guidelines for the Management of Cardiovascular Disease in Patients with Diabetes developed by the Task Force on the Management of Cardiovascular Disease in Patients with Diabetes of the European Society of Cardiology, ESC, by Niklaus Marx and colleagues from the ESC Scientific Document Group, from RWTH Aachen University in Germany. Patients with diabetes are at increased risk of developing cardiovascular disease, or CVD, with its manifestations of coronary artery disease, heart failure, atrial fibrillation and stroke, as well as aortic and peripheral artery diseases. In addition, diabetes is a major risk factor for developing chronic kidney disease, which is associated with developing CVD. The combination of diabetes with these cardiorenal comorbidities enhances the risk not only for CVD but also for all-cause mortality. These European Society of Cardiology guidelines on the management of cardiovascular disease in patients with diabetes are designed to guide prevention and management of the manifestations of CVD in patients with diabetes based on data published up to the end of January 2023. In a special article entitled Cardiometabolic Risk Management Insights from a European Society of Cardiology Cardiovascular Roundtable Francesco Cosentino and colleagues from the Karolinska Institutet and Karolinska University Hospital in Stockholm, Sweden note that metabolic comorbidities are common in patients with cardiorenal disease. They can cause atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, or ASCBD, speed progression, and adversely affect prognosis. Common comorbidities are type 2 diabetes mellitus, or T2DM, obesity, stroke, overweight, chronic kidney disease, or CKD, and chronic liver disease. The cardiovascular system, kidneys, and liver are linked to many of the same risk factors, e.g., dyslipidemia, hypertension, tobacco use, diabetes, and central stroke trunkal obesity. And shared metabolic and functional abnormalities lead to damage throughout these organs via overlapping pathophysiological pathways. The high rates of these comorbidities highlight the need to improve recognition and treatment of ASCVD in patients with obesity, insulin resistance or T2DM, chronic liver disease and CKD, and equally to improve recognition and treatment of these diseases in patients with ASCVD. Strategies to prevent and manage cardiometabolic diseases include lifestyle modification, pharmacotherapy and surgery. There is need for more programs at the societal level to encourage a healthy diet and physical activity. Many pharmacotherapies offer mechanism-based approaches that can target multiple pathophysiological pathways across diseases. These include sodium glucose co-transporter 2 inhibitors, glucagon-like peptide-1 receptor agonists, selective mineralocorticoid receptor antagonists, and combined glucose-dependent insulinotropic peptide glucagon-like peptide-1 receptor agonist. Non-surgical and surgical weight loss strategies can improve cardiometabolic disorders in individuals living with obesity. New biomarkers under investigation may help in the early identification of individuals at risk and reveal new treatment targets. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death in women and men globally, with most due to ASCVD. In a special article entitled, Women, Lipids and Atherosclerotic Cardiovascular Disease, a call to action from the European Atherosclerosis Society, Janine Hultes von Lennep and colleagues from the Erasmus Medical Centre in Rotterdam, the Netherlands, indicate that despite progress during the last 30 years, ASCVD mortality is now increasing, with the fastest relative increase in middle aged women. Missed or delayed diagnosis and under treatment do not fully explain this burden of disease. Sex specific factors such as hypertensive disorder of pregnancy, premature menopause, especially primary ovarian insufficiency, and polycystic ovary syndrome are also relevant, with good evidence that these are associated with greater cardiovascular risk. This position statement from the European Atherosclerosis Society focuses on these factors, as well as sex-specific effects on lipids, including lipoprotein A, over the life course in women, which impact ASCVD risk. Women are also disproportionately impacted in relative terms by diabetes, chronic kidney disease, and autoimmune inflammatory disease. All these effects are compounded by sociocultural components related to gender. This panel stresses the need to identify and treat modifiable cardiovascular risk factors early in women, especially for those at risk due to sex-specific conditions, to reduce the unacceptably high burden of ASCVD in women. It's unclear whether higher triglyceride metabolism per se contributes to mortality separate from elevated triglyceride-rich lipoproteins and body mass index. In a clinical research article entitled From Plasma Triglycerides to Triglyceride Metabolism Effects on Mortality in the Copenhagen General Population Study Mia Johansson and colleagues from the Copenhagen University Hospital in Denmark tested the hypothesis that higher triglyceride metabolism, measured as higher plasma glycerol and beta-hydroxybutyrate, is associated with increased all-cause cardiovascular cancer and other mortality. This study included 30,000 individuals nested within 109,751 individuals from the Copenhagen General Population Study. During a median follow-up of 10.7 years, 9,897 individuals died, 2,204 from cardiovascular, 3,366 from cancer, and 2,745 from other causes, while none were lost to follow-up. In individuals with glycerol greater than 80 micromoles per litre, highest fourth versus individuals with glycerol less than 52 micromoles per litre, lowest fourth, the multivariable adjusted hazard ratio, or HR, for all-cause mortality was 1.31. In individuals with beta-hydroxybutyrate greater than 154 micromoles per litre, highest fourth, versus individuals with beta-hydroxybutyrate less than 91 micromoles per litre, lowest fourth, the multivariable adjusted HR for all-cause mortality was 1.18. Corresponding values for higher plasma glycerol and beta-hydroxybutyrate were 1.37 and 1.18 for cardiovascular mortality, 1.24 and 1.16 for cancer mortality, and 1.45 and 1.23 for other mortality, respectively. Results were robust to exclusion of first years of follow-up, to stratification for covariates including plasma triglycerides and body mass index and to further adjustments. The authors conclude that their study indicated an increased risk of all-cause cardiovascular cancer and other mortality with higher triglyceride metabolism. This was not explained by higher plasma triglycerides and body mass index. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Lale Laleh Tokozoglu and colleagues from the Hacettepe University Medical Faculty in Istanbul, Turkey. The authors deduced that many alternative explanations exist for the correlations described by the authors, the increased TG turnover being one possibility. However, until a direct physiological study demonstrates that individuals with elevated glycerol and beta-hydroxybutyrate have increased catabolism of plasma lipoproteins stroke TGs. The jury is still out and the enigma of the effects of TG-related molecules on morbidity and mortality continues. The strength of the relationship of triglyceride-rich lipoproteins, or TRLs, with risk of coronary heart disease, or CHD, compared with low-density lipoprotein, or LDL, has yet to be resolved. In a clinical research article entitled Triglyceride-Rich Lipoprotein Remnants, Low-Density Lipoproteins, and Risk of Coronary Heart Disease, a UK Biobank Study, Elias Bjornsson and colleagues from the University of Gothenburg in Sweden identified single nucleotide polymorphisms, or SMPs, associated with TRL remnant cholesterol, or TRL stroke remnant C, and LDL cholesterol or LDL-C, in the UK biobank population. In a multivariable Mendelian randomization analysis, TRL stroke remnant C was strongly and independently associated with coronary heart disease in a model adjusted for apolipoprotein B, or APO-B. Likewise, in a multivariable model, TRL stroke remnant C and LDL-C also exhibited independent associations with coronary heart disease with odds ratio per 1 millimol per litre higher cholesterol of 2.59 and 1.37, respectively. To examine the per-particle atherogenicity of TRL remnants and LDL, SMPs were categorized into two clusters with differing effects on TRL remnant C and LDL-C. Cluster 1 contained SNPs in genes related to receptor-mediated lipoprotein removal that affected LDL-C more than TRL stroke remnant C, whereas cluster 2 contained SNPs in genes related to lipolysis that had a much greater effect on TRL stroke remnant C. The coronary heart disease odds ratio per standard deviation higher ApoB for cluster 2 with the higher TRL stroke remnant to LDL ratio was 1.76, which was significantly greater than the coronary heart disease odds ratio per standard deviation higher ApoB in cluster 1, 1.33. A concordant result was obtained by using polygenic scores for each cluster to relate ApoB to coronary heart disease risk. The authors conclude that the distinct SMP clusters appear to impact differentially on remnant particles and LDL. These findings are consistent with TRL stroke remnants having a substantially greater atherogenicity per particle than LDL. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by anne Tobias Hansen and colleagues from the Copenhagen University Hospital Rigshospitalet in Denmark. The authors draw the conclusion that the extremely well-thought-through and conducted study by Bjornson et al., together with previous literature, implies that future studies aiming at reducing ASCVD by lowering TRLs should reduce TRL stroke remnant C, non-HDLC, and ApoB. Further, per-particle reduction, the beneficial effect will probably be greater for TRL stroke remnants than LDL most probably because TRL stroke remnants per particle carry substantially more cholesterol than LDL. The issue was also complemented by a discussion forum contribution. In a commentary entitled, The Fiction of the Obesity Paradox, Maya Guglin from the Indiana University School of Medicine in Indiana, USA, comments on the recent publication, Anthropometric Measures and Adverse Outcomes in Heart Failure with the Reduced Ejection Fraction. Revisiting the Obesity Paradox. A Jawad Bud from the University of Glasgow and colleagues. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will be of interest to its listeners.